Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. Well, good morning, church. I hope you are doing well. I'm grateful that you have joined our online service. I hope that God has a great a new sets of word that will pour out upon your heart as you listen to this message to bring you hope, to bring you strength, to bring you the faith that is in Christ. Today, I'd like to preach on the subject of faith. As I was looking at this, uh, you know, the, the number of people who tested COVID-19 and also things happening around our nation and world right now. I believe that what we do really need as a Christian and desperately need is faith. Amen. It was last Wednesday or Thursday as I look at the number of people who are being tested positive with coronavirus. When I look at the number, it, 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 it just blew my mind. I was, just, I was shocked. It was almost a quarter of a million people of our nation. 250,000 people. One day tested positive with this virus. And you know what's happening all the, as a side effect of this whole pandemic crisis right now? The things that's been really impacting your health, your mental health, and then your physical health, and your spiritual health, your finances, your relationship, everything. We are going through a very difficult time without a doubt. That's why I feel compelled to preach this message on the subject of faith. My title for today's message is Faith That Has Not Been Tested Cannot Be Trusted. In fact, would you say that with me? Faith that has not been tested cannot be trusted. How many of you know our faith is like a spiritual muscle? You know, if you don't really work out, not even doing the regular life, you find out your muscle is going to be shrinking. I know that from my experience about 11 years ago, after I had my surgery, I ended up lying down on the bed for about three months. So, you know, without just going to the bathroom, pretty much I was just lying down for three months. After three months, I was just shocked to see how my muscles of my, you know, the, my, my thighs and my legs are so just shrinking and so tiny. It took me a little while to build up that muscle. And I think that our spiritual muscle, faith, is like that. There is no way you can in between. Oh, you know what? I have this much of you know, faith. I'm good. No, unless you keep on exercising, unless you keep on working out, your faith either going up or going down. Your faith either going, uh, you know, increasing or decreasing. And the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, without faith, it is almost impossible or there's no way you can have a right relationship with God. So God, consider our faith as our foundation structure of our spiritual life. It is the very faith that we can actually please God. We can communicate. We can have a right relationship of God. So as a personal physical trainer, our God, God wants us to keep on working out, you know, through our spiritual, spiritual muscle that is a faith. And how he does that? He does that by testing our faith. He does that by giving us somewhat difficult trials and troubled times. 
testing our faith so that we, through those tests, through those exercises, you know, our faith can continue to grow. Let me ask you this question. How many of you don't like taking a test? Just raise your hands. You know, my hands are up. I don't like taking a test. Especially, you know, some tests that really put on alternate amounts of importance. You know, tests like SAT, ACT, bar exam, medical licensing exam, or even driver's test. We know our short, mid, or long-term career or life will depend upon those exams. It's a lot of stress. We don't like to take those tests. But one thing that I've noticed that is even some of you who said it, I don't like those, taking those tests. If I were to ask you another question, if I were to say how many of you like using things that are being tested, and I'm sure all of you will answer in the affirmative to that, right? Oh, you know what? I love to use a product or a thing that has been tested, tested, and tested. Let me just give you a few examples to prove my point. How many of you are grateful? Or how many of you are glad that the brakes on your car were tested before you purchased your vehicle? Right? We want them to be tested for our safety. How many of you are glad that the other drivers on the road were tested before they got their licenses? Right? Though we think that some of them still need to take additional or another test because they don't know how to drive. How many of you are grateful whenever you get on the plane that your pilot just didn't feel like led by the Spirit to fly your plane, but your pilot being tested through this very sophisticated, through this very, you know, different phases of the test so that he can fly your plane? How many of you are grateful that your plane, whenever you get on the plane, all the sophisticated and thousands of devices been checked and tested by the mechanics. And how many of you are grateful when you go to see doctor, your doctor is not someone unlicensed, but just feel compelled, just love helping people out. How many of you are grateful that your doctor has been going through all different medical exams and passed those very difficult tests to be qualified? And the reason I believe that we are being really hesitant to take those vaccines, those who are coming up very soon, is because we believe the vaccine has not been tested enough. They kind of just shrink this whole you know, track of the second and th- first and second and third, perhaps those rounds of tests because of this importance of this you know, rescue plan for this pandemic crisis. That's why two-thirds of Americans says, well, I don't know if I want to take those vaccines. You see that? We don't like taking tests, but we certainly like what is tested. And you see that the reason what we like is that the tested, what we like that the tested is because we understand what is tested can be trusted. Okay? Likewise, faith that has not been tested is the faith that cannot be trusted. And God as he put a lot of importance of our faith, he wants to test your faith like our personal trainer and continue to testing of our faith so that we can grow of our faith. And the good news is that though, God wants you to pass the test of your life. 
It's not that God throwing all this test to fail you. No, his intention is that you will pass those tests. So he never allows us those tests to be greater than what we can handle by the grace of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says this, No temptation, no test has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Amen to that. But when you are tempted, that means when you are tested, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Wow. See that? The reason that we're not afraid of taking the scripture test because God is always with us. It's like an open book. You know, God doesn't want you to fail the test of your life. He wants you to pass the test. And that's why God is almost giving you, it's like open book. God gives you all this past, you know, stories, right? Information, knowledge from the Bible so that you can learn, apply to your life. How many of you like this open book test? I like open book test because you can find your answer in one book. But I want to remind you that the, 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 for the fact that open book test, it's not always easy. That doesn't mean that there is no your role. There's no your effort that you have to put in. You should. I remember from my college, I had a one open book test. I think the subject was um, philosophy of education. Because my bachelor's major degree um, is education. It was thick the book, and a half of the book was in that exam. So I had to spend days and nights to read that, to find out where that knowledge, where that information is. I had to have certain understanding, certain degree of understanding to be preparing for that open book exam. That's what you and I should be doing. Easy, right? If you put your effort, if you put your time, and if you know that is an important thing to do. Today's passage is taken from Hebrews chapter 11. Many of you know Hebrews chapter 11 as the, the chapter of faith. The greatest chapter of faith. By reading it, you find a deeper and profound meaning of what it means to be faithful to God. The second half has also been known as the whole of fame of faith. There are over 10 people, the great figure, who are champions of this field of faith. This writer giving us from the perspective of how they were faithful despite their difficult test. How they were able to pass those exam and tests so that their faith has continued to grow and grow. Today's passage, which is taken from verse 9 through 18, that is actually a great story, an example of the one of the champion when it comes to faith, whose name is Abraham. Though he was going through a very difficult task, he was able to pass those tests with his faith, with his trust upon God. And this writer and author of Hebrew, from this perspective of faith, putting this story in a very short period of verses, and short short verses, and giving us deeper understanding about what kind of the test that he had to go through and how he was able to overcome. I believe we can find the three major tasks that Abraham had to go through. The first test is this, the test of major change in your life. Say that with me. Test of major change in your life. Hebrews, 8, uh, Hebrews 11, 8 says this, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place 
that he was to receive as an inheritance. Obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Genesis chapter 12, many of you know, this is the beginning of the story of Abraham. And verse 1 says this, God appeared and God commanded to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Abraham was, was at 75 years old. You know, at the time, how the family works is family, their life literally would depend on, rely upon this tribe, the tribe that was consist of all their families, extended and relatives. They're all blood related. They can help one another. They can love one another. They can support one another. They can literally live their life together from the other enemies, from other tribes. So this command to leave your family, leave your kindred, leave your father's house, go to the place that I will show you. It is a major change. It's like a lifetime change that is given this test to Abraham. Abraham's probably in his mind after he received this command, probably defeating with the thousands and thousands of thoughts. Okay, if I, go, if I leave this place, this tribe, I'll go to the place, I'm going to become a stranger. I'm going to be in the exile. I don't know those people. I don't know where to find job. I don't know where to find the source of food. I don't know where those are good and bad people. How can I sustain my life? How can I continue to support my immediate family? It was a major change in his life. But here's the thing, make it matter worse. Bible said, and God told Abraham, go to the place that I will show you. In other words, it wasn't present tense or present perfect tense. It was future tense. I'm not going to tell you where to go, but leave first. I don't know if I were Abraham, I was able to do so. God said, the Lord, you're telling me I have to give up everything, literally my life. You're not even telling me then where to go. That is a very difficult test that Abraham had to pass. The verse 4 of the book of Genesis, Genesis 12, says this. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And here's the key. The Lord went with him. Amen. Even though he did not understand, even though he was afraid, was scared, and when he was able to make this first step, being faithful, being obedient to the command of God, God went with him. Amen. I'm sure many of you have been experiencing major changes in your life due to this pandemic crisis with your job, with your finance, with your life, with your relationship, like everything right now. And I'm sure that you're, you're afraid of taking this step. Perhaps, I don't know what's going to happen. But God says, don't worry about it. Trust in me. Put your old total faith upon me. I'll be with you. Three times, God assured to Joshua after he wasn't, you know, sure what to do with the leading these people to conquer the promised land after his spiritual father, Moses, passed away. God, first chapter of the book of Joshua, showed him to him three times. Be courageous, do not be afraid. Why? For I am with you. The presence of God. Three times. Brothers and sisters, 
as you are perhaps walking through this very difficult time, facing on this major change in your life, don't be afraid. Because if you are faithful, take a step of faith. God is with you. Amen? God is walking with you. God is working for you. God may not show you all the plan because you're going to be scared if, you do, if he does so. Or you're going to be so, 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 so proudful because you know from the beginning to the end, you eventually worship yourself. You're making yourself as God. And that's why God is not showing us from the beginning to the end for our whole journey. But God promises us he is with you and he will be with you. Let's say you take a step of faith and then turn out it was wrong. Don't be afraid. Because God has a power and he has the spiritual power to kind of detour you into the right place. You know, bring you back into the right track. And that experience is going to be very important, essential for your life. So it is a win-win. As long as you take a step of faith, God is going to be walking with you, working for you, and pretty much be present in your life. Do not be afraid to take a step of faith if you are facing on some major change in your life because God is always, always guiding your step. Can I get an amen? Amen. The second test of uh, you know, Abraham that God has given to him is a test of delayed Promise. Would you say that with me? Test of delayed promise. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. After God commanded him, he said this. There is a great statement of blessings. I will make you, Abraham, a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. God says, I'll make you the father of nation. I'll make you the blessings of nation. And later on, when he confirmed his blessings, he even said that, I will make you the father of nation through your offspring. Your offspring will be as numerous as the sands on the beach, stars in the sky. But the problem was, he had to wait for 25 years for that happen, for that the promise of God to be fulfilled. When God has given this promise to Abraham, it was 75 when God gave, you know, Abraham as his son was when he was 100. He had to wait, you know, 25 years. He had to go through this test of delayed promise. Not only that, if you read Genesis chapter 15, verse 7, part of his confirmation of his blessings, he says this, God says this, I will give you the land that you can take possession of it. In other words, when you go to the promised land that I will show you, that will be your land. That will be your land. But Hebrew writer also pointed out in verse 11, uh, verse 9 of the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrew. It says this, By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, and pay attention to this, living in tents with Isaac, second generation, Jacob, third generation, and heirs, some other generations of him of the same promise. God promised Abraham, if you move, I'll give you the land of Israel. The problem is, after he got there, there was a delay in God's promise. Abraham died of at the age of 175. So Abraham had to live 100 more years, and he never did receive it at that point. Notice that this verse, though, he lived in where? Tents. You talk about the temporary living. 
right? How would you like to live in a tent for 100 years after you receive this great promise of God that I'll give you the land? You just take possession of it. He had not settled down. He was constantly on the move. How long did he have to wait until he died? Later on, through his you know, descendants and offspring, offsprings, God finally gave the land. But it was not the time of Abraham. Brothers and sisters, we know that we can handle tasks if we knew that there, there's a time limit, right? Or they're going to be an end eventually. It is much more difficult to handle those kind of tests when there is no end in sight. It seems to go on and on. It doesn't get any better. The marriage problem doesn't get any better. The job situation doesn't get any better. It seems like there is no end in sight. There is this continual test, a delayed promise. You believe it's coming, but you don't know when that is going to be coming. It feels like it takes forever and ever. I know some of you are experiencing that kind of test today. You are in this when test. Lord, when? When are the things going to get better in my marriage? When I am going to get married? When are we going to have a baby? When I am going to get a job? When I am going to get that promotion over and over and over? The question of when in your life. When I am going to get well, you are going through some physical trials. These are the questions of when the delayed promise, but the same way that Abraham did, as he put his total trust upon God without even knowing all this. Sometimes, you know, there are times you run out of your faith. You run out of your patience. You can make a mistake. That's okay because God, as I said, walking with you, working with you. Even Abraham made a mistake with his wife, Sarah. So he had you know, a relationship with you know, Sarah's maid and servant, Hagar. They have Ishmael. God took care for them. God was at work upon, on, on beyond of their mistake. And I'll also give you this scripture to help you put it into a different perspective as you are going through this delayed Promise that test. Book of Isaiah chapter 15, that's chapter 55, verse 8 and 9 says this. My thoughts, that means God's thought, my thoughts and my ways are not like yours. As the heaven is higher than the earth, so my thoughts, my ways. That's what God says. God says, you know, I'm almighty God. I'm sovereign God. I have a different time frame. I have a different level of thought. I have a different level of ways. So even though you feel like you're going through this delayed promise, would you continue to trust in me? Would you continue to put your faith upon me? As I said, I am with you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you alone. Amen. The last test that God gave to Abraham is a test of right priority in life. Say that with me. A test of right priority in your life. Hebrews 11 verse 17 to 18 said this. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, 
offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be blessed or reckoned or, you know, be numerous. This is perhaps one of the most difficult tests that Abraham had to go through. Because he did not understand at all. It was kind of conflict of what his faith even, right? God promised him that I'll make you the father of nation. Your descendants are as numerous as sands and, and stars. And God has given, you know, the Isaac. And through him, you knew that God's continuous promise and blessings will be fulfilled. Now, the very same God is telling you that you got to kill that blessing. you got to sacrifice it. Abraham couldn't comprehend. He couldn't even start reason then. He couldn't understand how in the world that, Lord, that you are the God of love, you're the God of blessings. How in the world do you command me to kill my son? He didn't get it. But that didn't stop him or prevent him from doing what God called him to do. Amen? Why he was able to do that? Because he had deeper and profound faith and trust upon God from having the right priority. God is my first. And my son, as important and precious as he is, he's not as same as a God. And even toward the end of this, in our passage says, this is a Hebrew writer's understanding and interpretation. Even Abraham didn't understand and didn't even reason, didn't even start comprehend what is going on. It's all about completion between the promise and the attribute of God and his understanding. But he believed in the sovereignty and power and authority of God. He said that even I kill my Isaac, die, he has the power to raise Isaac. He has the power to raise from the dead. Or if that's not the case, he will make something else. I know God's plan is always great, and he is my first priority. That's why he was able to pass this perhaps most, most difficult test in his life. Which reminds me of the story, story of NBA player Monty Williams. And I'm going to actually close my story with sharing um, his speech urology at his wife's funeral. You know, he was married for about over 20 years to his wife, Ingrid. And together, they have five children. And about five years ago, one day, Ingrid was driving on the road. And there was another lady in the opposite lane and driving 92 miles per hour, where the speed limit was only about 45 miles per hour. So she came at the high speed and crossing the dividing line, and hit Ingrid's car. All those cars are overturned, that crushed. And Monty's wife, Ingrid, died very next morning. And so did the, another lady. Just like that. Monty lost his wife of 20 years because of somebody else's fault. Probably never imagined that say bye and last kiss that morning was the last one on this earth. And during her funeral service, Monty gave a, such a profound faithful speech about his wife. This is pretty much summarized version. If you want to watch, you can actually Google it. Mont Williams' funeral speech. Profound. One of the best urologists or the speech testimony that I've ever heard in my life. 
He began by saying word, you know, quoting a lot of scriptures. He said, 1 John 4.16, that God is love. And he goes on to say, during times like this, it is easy to forget that God is love. Talks a little bit about the love of God, what we have to remember during difficult times like this. And he also goes on to say another scripture, Romans 8.28 Romans says this, We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. And I said, God says all of this will work out. And I believe that. As hard uh, as this is for me and my family, I know this will work it out. I'm confident that this will work out. And what we need is Lord, his love right now. And that's what my wife was trying to exhibit every day as a sincere Christian and servant of God. Continues, as hard as this circumstance is, God will work this out. Now, I know everybody's praying for me and my family, but let us not forget that there were two people in that accident and two people who died. The family needs prayer as well, and we have no ill will towards that family. In my house, and he continues, we have the sign that says, As for me, my house, and we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, verse 15. And we cannot serve the Lord if we don't have a heart of forgiveness. The family didn't wake up to hurt my wife. Life is hard. It is very tough. But we need to be mindful that we have to pray for that family as well. And also we need to be mindful and let us not lose sight of what is important in this time like this. It is God, God's love, and he will work this out. And he ends with this profound statement. When we walked away from this place, let us celebrate. Because my wife is where we all need to be. We didn't lose her. When we lost something, you can find it. I know exactly where my wife is. I miss holding her hands. I miss taking, and we miss talking with my wife. I'm going to miss her. But let us not lose sight of what is important. Times like that. It is God. God is important. What Christ has done on the cross is important. What a faithful and profound statement. You see that? Seemingly almost impossibly comprehensible circumstance like this, right? Because of somebody's fault and his wife, beloved wife, spending 20 years and just like that, she passed away. And during the very last speech, he was able to put in his heart upon the word of God. He couldn't get it. Didn't make any sense. There is a confliction about his understanding of God, but somehow he put his faith and total trust upon the word of God. God will work this out. He has a person of the right priority. He has a person of right understanding about who our God is. Brothers and sisters, I know we are going through a very difficult time, but you know what? Those time of test is good because God has given you. And God said, I'll not give you the test that you cannot bear, you cannot endure, and I'll be with you. I'll be walking with you. I'll be working for you. I'll be preparing your ways like open book test for you, but when you overcome and pass those tests, your faith is going to be strong and strong at the point that you will become on, on the place of the hall of fame of faith like Abraham, like Joseph, like Moses. May we be encouraged. 
from this word of God as we continue to pass those lifetime, very difficult, very troublesome tests. Because God is with you. God is always at work using your circumstances to make it for the glory of God. Let's pray. Our Father God, may our hearts be transformed by this word as we are going through very difficult times, over test, over test, over test. Lord, we're not losing our faith because we know you are with us, walking with us and working for us. So as we put our complete and total trust upon you, Lord, and overcome and pass those tests, may you help us to really grow our spiritual muscle. That is faith that we can continue to please you, Lord, with our from strong and great faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you.